0: One time. One time. Oh shoot. Okay, I think it is recording. Okay, so I was thinking that we could start with. Um, okay, so I was thinking we could start like the four questions that we have at the top. I was thinking we could start with like why was 2023 the year of Taylor? Why did we make the right person famous? And then the other two questions like we work into like our top 10. Okay. And then I was thinking with the top 10, we can just alternate. Like you do your 10, I'll do your first one. Or I like your number 10, I'll do my number 10, like that. Okay. That works. I have that weird bubble in my throat still. That's not great. I know. Okay. And I figure we can just like start because I'll just edit it too.
1: Okay. That works.
0: All right. So let's talk about why 2023 was the year of Taylor. What is your opinion, Becca, as to why this year of all years has been all about Taylor Swift? I mean, she's just taken the whole year, right? <laughs> I did look up. So I went to Forbes.com. Well, I went to Google, let's be honest. And I was like, what are all the records that Taylor Swift broke in 2023? Oh. So it gave me a Forbes article and it's insane. Now, like, if I printed it, it was probably like 10 pages.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm
0: sure. Person of the year, Apple Music Person of the Year, Spotify. I Forbes. mean, like
1: all of her songs hitting all of the charts and taking over because of the re records. Yeah. So,
0: why I, do you think it happened this year for her? Do you think it was the
1: Eras Tour? Well, I think the Eras Tour kind of brought her back to the forefront for everyone because you know, if you aren't a Taylor Swift fan now but you were growing up, like she's covering those topics if you didn't know her growing up because maybe you were too young, but you know her music now, like it brings that group. So you're bringing this huge group of people together and it's not a tour for just the one album. It's her entire career, which for someone who's only in her early 30s, to already be able to put out a tour that covers eras of your music and your career is wild to me. Um, But such good songs in each one. There's a lot of artists that can put out a bunch of albums, but only maybe like two songs or a good hit off of it. To have somebody that has an album that has multiple hits that everyone can relate to in some aspect, I think is huge. So I think that her doing such a large tour obviously brings her to the forefront for the year. But then with the re-records and breaking records, then you're on the music charts, then we're looking at award shows. So your name is coming up in literally every single conversation. Um, But then you have like the people that are legit fans that watched her, you know, end one relationship, begin another relationship. And the new relationship is a whole different audience of people that might not have known her based Mm -hmm. on her music. So you just have somebody that for this year is just kind of covering the gamut of the world Um, and doing it with grace and humility as well. And not, you know, yeah, everything's about her this year, but she's just going to ride the wave and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think as much as 2023 has been about her, not for her. Like, I mean, she just kind of just keeps doing her job, you know, and I do agree. I think it's the heiress who are probably prompted a lot of that um, because, I mean, like you said, other people have multiple albums that they can do a show. The Jonas Brothers, their tour yes. right now is like five albums in a night, Um But this is like an insane amount of albums, which is why it's three and a half hours. But I do think it's that. But I also think that it's, and obviously we're big on this show of not speculating on people's lives. But I do think society is very consumed with like pop culture news. And I think because we see it as a bit of an outlet. Like you kind of go into this world that like takes you away from your personal problems or what's happening in the world. And it's like you kind of, you can hypothesize about what's going on or, you know, read these rumors or sightings and things like that. And so it's a bit of an escape. Right. And so I think because I think the heiress tour did like plaster her on the front page of everything again, maybe some of her dating relationships, especially now. I think a lot of that has been an escape for people. And so that just gives more traction to it. And then, like you said, the music, I mean, not to make a pun on a song that's from the vault on speak now but it is timeless like it like even the songs like in picking our top 10 like i even had one from the debut album that i don't even think about anymore and i honestly don't listen to because it's a stolen one so i try not to listen to those but also like her voice is just so drastically different but there's just such good songs on it too like every album is full of songs that like you want to hear and so I think once people kind of get reintroduced or introduced for the first time to her music then you're just like consumed
1: yeah well because I think because of this new audience that she's kind of gained this year so for like me I was never a swifty but like if one of her new songs came on the radio I would sing it they're catchy you enjoy it but I never did like a deep dive into her life or into the lyrics and what the possibility of what it could mean, why she wrote it and that kind of thing. So I think when you have this new audience come in, that's like, you know what, let me let me actually look at some of these songs and read through some of these lyrics. Then you're like, wow, a it's really good. But B, yeah. it's kind of make you start to think about situations in your own life that it reminds you of. You can reminisce of. You can realize how far you've come from that moment or whatever the case may be. Um, But it's just kind of a whole new world that you get to dive into.
0: Yeah. And I think you and I talk about this all the time and we say this to each other all the time, like we made the right person famous. And I think that's really true. And this year has highlighted a lot of that because obviously in a year like this for her, she could be the most like proud, stuck up, like not humble snob on the planet. And it would be expected and probably excused because like. Seriously, you've done everything, but and we don't know her in real life yet. Um, but I do think that like everything we read, and I especially have noticed people that work for her, all of her backup dancers, her backing vocalists. I mean, her backing vocalists have been with her for a, over a decade. So has her band. You don't stay with people that are not good people in that industry. You don't. You don't stay, and they have. And they spend time in their personal lives that we see in magazines and online. So it's like, you know, she's a good person. And then you see articles of like what she's done for families and um, like even this weekend, we saw pictures of her like handing out tips to food runners that were like right. were some hundred, $100 bills people. I mean, yeah. like that's not, but I just think that like everything you read about her, I mean, sure there's people that don't like her and don't like her music, but you never see when people are like, she's a bad person. She right. does something. She to these character. People. Yeah. Like even the whole drama from 2016 with Kanye and Kim wasn't really about Taylor's character. Mm-mm. And so, I mean, when we say we made the right person famous, like every week we get something else that validates that.
1: Yeah. Well, and she's even been in interviews talking. Because I think once you get to the level of stardom that she's at, like you were saying, These people could get so high up in the clouds and just not even understand the common person, the common fan that's listening to your music. And I can't fathom living in a world where literally you step outside just to get in your car and there's 50 people, you know, yelling your name, taking your picture how annoyed I, we're annoyed when our kids are saying it seven times during the day. I can't fathom if you have a huge group and the way that she just takes it with such grace of saying, yeah, I have bad days. And yeah, there's days I want to be left on, but this is what I always wanted. Like to yeah. have that perspective and to continue on in life of realizing like, this is not normal, but this is my normal. and I'm going to make it as normal and just to continue to keep that humility of, I always wanted this. This is what I wanted. So I can't now say, this is so annoying. Please leave me alone and those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, And that speaks so much to her character and kind of how mentally you can cope with all of that. Whereas I think a lot of celebrities kind of get themselves on this pedestal of thinking they're better than. And her just realizing, listen, I enjoy music. I enjoy writing just like everybody else. She just has a bigger platform for it um but to always take the fans into consideration and realize that's why you have the career that you have is a huge thing that she it seems like she has always kept in the forefront of her mind.
0: Yeah, and I think you know again, we're not we won't speculate on her life even when we talk about the songs, we won't speculate about why she wrote them, but you know she has said before like you um you're someone who's wiser because you have made mistakes and you're not damaged. Yeah, And I think that, like, that is one reason that though she is obviously probably the most well-known figure on the planet, right? um, she's so relatable because, like, she owns that, that, like, she's as flawed as anyone. And so many times I think we put these people on a pedestal that we think, like, oh, they're, you know, they're perfect. They look perfect. They're always this. They're always that. And she's like, no, like. Yep. you're just wiser and she relates she relates to the commoner I guess you call it <laughs> that. um better that way so I think that like when we talk about we made the right person famous there's obviously a ton of famous people some of them suck and right. some of them are really great people and I think um as parents too it does remind me that like a lot of that has to do with how she was raised and yes. what her parents instilled in her um which is a good thing to remember as moms for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe our kids will be famous one day for good reasons. Um, we'll see. We will see. So um good. so we want to talk about why Taylor's music has impacted us. And to do that, we have come up with our top 10 list. And this was probably one of the harder things I've done this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've had two surgeries this year, but still it's been hard. Um, And I I still am not a hundred percent confident in my list, but we'll go ahead and go with it. So we'll start with our number 10 choice and you can go
1: first. Okay. So my thing going through her songs a lot. Yes. A lot of them have to do the lines. You could relate it more to a breakup, to a broken relationship in some form or fashion. And it's been a minute since I've had any of that. So there were some that I was like, it's one of my favorites, but it's like, you know, something I related to back in high school or college or something like that, but still it just they still hit so hard. So the first one that I had picked for my top 10 was delicate from reputation, which again stolen. So we're sorry if Taylor yeah. could release that. Soon. We're ready. We're ready. I'm
0: wearing my sweatshirt. We're Taylor's
1: ready. been on. Um, but mm-hmm. I for me, I think that just takes it back to um my time in college finding out after a breakup of rumors that were spread about me. And I went to a small private Christian college. So everybody knew everybody, everybody knew everybody's business. So to have any kind of rumor spread about you, it's just, it puts you in that delicate state because you're like, you guys don't know me, but that none of that was true. Um, And so it kind of transported me a little bit back to that being the new person, not having your reputation built up yet and having someone else speak to it for you. Um, and then moving into a new relationship and wondering, like, what does that person think of me now? So that's kind mm-hmm. of where, when I heard Delicate, immediately it took me back to that moment.
0: I love that song. It's one of my favorites that she does on the Airs tour. Um, Partially because I really love the part where the audience has added the one, two, three. Yes. Like, so, I like um, it. <clears throat> I'm really hoping that that is somehow on the re record. I don't know how it could be, but I would love that. Right? Um, she make it happen. That's- that's a good one. So my number 10 is also from Reputation, the stolen version. I didn't realize that. Um and it actually, I went to the air tour twice. It was actually one of the uh surprise songs I got. Um oh, nice. New Year's Day is my choice for number 10. And I honestly had forgotten that this is one of my favorite ones. And like you said, I mean, it's been a really long time since I've been through a breakup, thankfully. But for me, that this song is more about like all the memories you make in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I was like even going to the air store I like, went twice this year with my husband. And so the parts about like, hold on to the memories, they will hold on to you. I think that that's so true, like especially when you've been with somebody for a long time that, those memories are kind of what sustains the relationship when it does get out of the lavender haze, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> and It's like, it's not new anymore. And the newness is worn off. But um, I also think um, the part about like um, reassuring your partner, like when she says, I'll be there if you're the toast of the town or if you strike out and you're crawling home, I think that I love that song because it's like New Year's Day. You're going to wake up the day after New Year's Eve. And you'll still be there. And no matter what happens, you'll still be there. Um, So that's why it's one of my favorite ones. And I can't wait to hear the Taylor's version of it. Um, Hopefully soon.
1: Anytime. Uh, Yeah, we're ready. Um, Okay, number nine. All right, my number nine was Welcome to New York from 1989 Taylor's version. More because it's just a really fun song. (laughs) Yep. It is one yep. of my favorites to like play in the car and just blast and sing, or if I'm, you know, doing things around the house and blast it. Um, I absolutely love it. A kids sing along to it. It's just a fun one to have. Um, but I think it also just the thought of like a fresh start, welcome to this mm-hmm. new place. This is your fresh start. You kind of get to Um, not be blind anymore. You get to figure out what your surroundings are, you get to decide what comes into your life and what you're gonna keep out. Um, and I just I think it's so good at that. There's a line in there it says, When we first dropped our bags on apartment floors, took our broken hearts, put them in a drawer. Everybody here was someone else before. We all get to just kind of put away this is what the cred we dealt with, this is our fresh start. Um, and I just think that's so. You just need sometimes to just have a fresh start and realize the craziness that I'm going through, the stress that I'm going through. We can start over. This ends at some point. Um, so just the way that she kind of puts that into a song for a fresh start and just makes it so fun and uplifting. It's one of my favorites.
0: I love that one too. Um, and every time we go to New York, which we're going in a few days, like it's like the first thing I put on in my headphones and be like, <laughs> um, I just have to. But, um, I do love that one for all those reasons. And I like the part when it actually like the part when it says like boys and boys and girls and girls, because I think it is like, obviously, New York is like a melting pot of everything in the world. But I think it's good to remind people that there are places where you can be whatever, you know, you can be whatever you are. And um, I do love that. one, Um, Which actually ties to my number nine, which I know is on your list um, at some point. Um, My number nine is me from Lover. And I think we were both surprised how many lover songs that we had on our list. I was and I could have had more. I had to like <laughs> <stop them. laughs> But um I freaking love this song. It's so fun when she's performed it at places like the uh video music awards. Um I wish it was on the Air Store. It would be such a good one, but yeah. Lord, it, that show could go all day. Um but I love it because it does remind you like that all the things that are special about you or unique to you um, should be celebrated no matter what those are. And um, I think that it's fun that it comes from someone like her. Cause again, like w- what we were talking about that she, you know, doesn't come across like perfect and unattainable. I think yeah. it's always good to be reminded that though, she's like at the highest peak, she still has all those stories of being like, you know, bullied and not having friends and all of that. Um, but I think, too, the parts where it's like, baby, that's the fun of me. I think that that's the the part that I love is that it's all those things about you that are unique should be celebrated right. and should be loved. And, you know, you have found the right person. And I know I have because, like, all the weird things about me, my husband still loves. And so right. I love this one.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. That's in my top 10 as well. Is on there. Um, uh, let's see. What do we got? Oh, number eight. Number eight. So my number eight is call it what you want, also off reputation. So there's that. I think these were my only two, which shocked me again because Reputation is one of my yeah. favorite albums to just blast and sing to. Then I was like, Oh, only two of the songs made the cut. <laughs> yeah. So yep. um, but I just for me, that song kind of takes me to a kind of a time in life where I felt like I had to protect. Myself, I had to protect my family, our sanity, and those kind of things. Um, it's one of those that takes me to a hard place, but then also makes me realize how far I've come because of it. Um, just starting out on the song, my castle crumbled overnight. Mm-hmm. I brought a knife to a gunfight. To me, that was so like we had a moment moving from Tyler to San Antonio where it just things went to crap overnight, real fast, unexpected. And I brought a knife to a gunfight. We were not prepared for this at all. We didn't know this was coming, you know, so showing up to something and being so unprepared is one of the things that I dread most in life. (laughs) And so those words just hit me. Um, I think I had noted just, oh, where it had stated, all my flowers grew back as thorns, windows boarded up at the storm. For me, that was one of those I'm taking all of my people in and I'm protecting us right now while we wade through this difficult time um, because we're going to come out stronger. But right now we've got to close these walls in and that's okay. We get to have fun and enjoy in here. I think it talks about like building forts inside with, you know, Mm -hmm. fires, that stuff. Um, So that's one of those songs that just Mm -hmm. it's such a hard part in life but then getting to see the growth out of it and seeing it's okay. Like all of these people go through something so yeah. that they can relate to and kind of having to close yourself off from everybody for a while while you just kind of get your strength back. Um, but it's, it's. Yeah. Um,
0: it is actually my number eight too. Oh, to- is it? Yeah. Um, I had it as seven, but I think it really is eight because my, anyway, you'll see in a minute, but I uh, same kind of, Situation, I think that for me, this whole year has been kind of a weird year for our family. Like, yeah, just a lot of like just weirdness. I don't have a better way to put it. Um, and things have kind of evolved in some other relationships, and it's just been kind of a weird year. But like, what we've done is kind of hunkered down and we've said, like, whatever we do, we're going to do as a family. And um, like, we started traveling a lot more this year, just like the three of us, or even just the two of us with my husband. Um, and we've done a lot of that. We're about to leave again Friday. And so I think the part about, um, yeah, the fort, what is that part? I can't even remember it now. Oh yeah. the I'm laughing with my lover making forts undercover. Yeah. Um, I think just making all those memories together and just being able to be ourselves, but also my, one of my favorite lines in that whole song is the he built a fire just to keep me warm. I love I that I think it's so like reassuring to hear that part of the song because you do remember that it goes on to like all the drama kings take or queens taking swings, all the jokers dressing his kings And they fade to nothing when I look at him, I think that's so important to be reminded that even in like the mundane of our lives that like they are the people yeah. that you have somebody in your yeah. corner. Yeah. And so I love that song. Um, yeah. Nothing that could be on the tour, but I think that for all of these. So, um, uh,
1: you're number seven. Number seven. So, I had me for number seven, the one that you had earlier. Um, yep. And I also liked that one. It's just such a celebration of who you are, all of your quirks, and the things that make you different. Um, and I won't go into too much detail because I agreed with everything that you had put in there. Um, but for me, it's like, even though you have your psychotic moments and you have your, breakdowns like the person that you're with whether it's in you know the spouse relationship boyfriend girlfriend or just a friendship like there's never going to be anybody else like me and I'm still fun all of this still makes me fun and unique Um, and just to have a song that kind of celebrates that especially in kind of the day and age where we live where you kind of just everybody expects you to be perfect and to look like an Instagram reel and all of those things so to be able to celebrate people for their uniqueness and realizing like it takes all kinds. If we're all the same and we're boring, it's just not going to be as fun. So that's such a good song. And the way that she just words some of her verses in there, it just, it's so good. Yeah.
0: Um, So my number seven is uh, the song Evermore and um, from the album Evermore. Uh, But So I have a total random probably reason that I am really attached to this song. Again, not speculating what she wrote it about, but you could definitely see if it was about a relationship. That is actually not what it uh, means to me. And she recorded this with Bon Iver, um, Justin Vernon. But I will say if you have never seen the TikTok video or any video out there of when she performed this as a surprise song on the heiress tour so she does both parts like the von iver part oh, and iver. Her part. holy mess well, it is I have not it. absolutely incredible i'll have to find it send it to you today and i'll link it in our show notes because it is i mean Bon iver is amazing for sure but there's something about her doing their part that is it literally is breathtaking um but so There is a part towards the end of the song that says, and when I was shipped um, and then they echo, can't think of all the costs, because I thought of you, all the things that will be lost now. In the cracks of light, can we just get a pause? I dreamed of you. To be certain, we'll be tall again. If you think of all the costs, it was real enough, whether weather be the frost to get me through or the violence of the dog days. Out on waves being tossed, but I swear, is there a line that we could just go cross? You were there. This song actually makes me think of losing my dad. Hmm. And um I'm like gosh, you I cannot wait for you to hear the version of what she does, the echo part, because it is just I'm sure so mind blowing. But um, I do think of my dad every time I hear this song because um the whole part about like feeling shipwrecked, that's a lot of how I felt when he unexpectedly died, sort of shipwrecked. I would have never put those words together because wow. I'm not as brilliant as she is, obviously. But um But in that moment, obviously, I thought of him. And then there were those little cracks of light that come through where, like, you get a pause from the grief or the loss or just the heaviness of it. And then it says, I dreamed of you. And then it echoes, to be certain, we'll be tall again. Because it was like in those moments, if I did dream and see my dad, I would have that reassurance that, like, all will be well one day. Um, And then it's like it was real enough to get me through and those moments are that either the memories that I hold on to or the dreams I have or pictures I look at, those are the things that have to get me through at this point, because it's not like it's coming back. Yes. Um, and the part about, is there a line that we could just go across? I think that when I first lost my dad and even over the years, I thought that to myself, like, is there not just a point we could go back to right before this happened, you know, yes. Um And then the ending of that song, it talks about this pain wouldn't be evermore. Now, I would have never thought to use the word evermore again because I'm not a lyricist like this, but just that phrase is so, I think, poignant. Like, this isn't going to be evermore. Like, this is not the end. This is not the end of the story. And we will stay in call again one day. And so for me, that's why I love this song. I can't wait to send you the
1: video because you're going to freaking love it. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, okay, number six. So number six for me was "All of the Girls You Loved Before" off of her lover album. Um, I I love it. It's so for me. It kind of transports me to that feeling of like just love and happiness and the hallmark, you know, good feeling songs. Um, but also just knowing how good I have it and being so grateful for the relationship that I have. Um, I think one of the lines that she put uh, when I think of all the makeup, fake love out on the town, crying in the bathroom for some dude whose name I cannot remember now to me, Mm -hmm. it's like when you thought your world was crumbling because of a breakup and then to come out on the other side and realize, you know, all of that made me who I am, which is perfect for you. And then, Mm -hmm. so I, I like that one. Um, the line stars are aligned and they intertwine. For myself, that's just a perfect fitting for me and my husband just because of how we came together and the relationships that we had just prior to coming together made us so perfect for each other. And all of the things that he went through are things he would have never gone through with me. So he wouldn't have experienced that hard to be able to be what I needed later in life when maybe I went Mm -hmm. through some of those things. Um, So it's just kind of one of those moments to just be grateful for. breakups that happen in life and you know with work with friendships and that kind of thing because it makes you better on the other side to be able to handle whatever situations might come um yeah that's one that i don't
0: think gets enough credit for being like when you hear about the lover album you don't really think about that one that's another one um i'll send you the video if you haven't seen it i haven't okay Um, Because there's a moment in that one when she does that surprise song that I think is, again, part of why she's so relatable. Mm -hmm. There were at the time, obviously, all those rumors about like, is she back with somebody? Is she not? All the things that always happen for her. And that part, the line that you mentioned, like, whose name I don't recall or remember anymore. And she winked at the audience. And so it was like they knew, like, I'm good, you know? Um, And I love that she has that relationship with her fans, but um, that is a really good one. And I never think about that song. Um,
1: To me, it's one of those things where I think people, when a relationship ends, one person has to be wrong, one's right, one person's one's good. And I think it's just one of those reminders. That's not the case. Like we were good for a moment and now it's Mm -hmm. over. We can be thankful for that and move on um, instead of somebody always having to be an enemy or a bad thing.
0: Yeah. um, My number six, total opposite, is <laughs> um, You're On Your Own Kid from Midnight. Um, this is the song um, that I just freaking love. I think there's a lot of speculation about different parts about what this is about. I do think there's some Easter eggs about her re-records in the chorus part. But um, for me, I just love this song because it's a great reminder of, like, you can pour everything into something. And it may never be enough for some people. Yes. And the people that you think will like be along for the ride forever may not. But at the end of the day, like you can do this. Like you've got, you have what it takes inside to walk your path. And so um, the part about, cause there were pages turned with bridges burned, everything you lose is a step you take. And of course I love the part where she says to make the friendship bracelets, um, take the moment and taste it. You've got no reason to be afraid that to me is just like that could be like my life quote it kind of yeah. been a way it's like there are going to be a lot of bridges that burn in life for good like some it's a good thing that they do and some it's painful and hard and bad but remembering that every loss you experience is a step and it gets you further along the way um and the part where she brings up to make the friendship bracelets i think she obviously is mentioning that And with her concerts and everything, friendship bracelets are kind of synonymous with her, but I think it's a good reminder for other people that you do, you should celebrate and wear the people that are, the people that always are with you and never leave your side, you should wear that, like a bracelet, like a badge of honor. Take the moment and taste it. Like there's gonna be a lot of hard, but when the moments are good, like you really need to absorb that and that you've got no reason to be afraid. I think that's just a good reminder that like, Everything else in that song, all the blood, sweat and tears, starve my body with waiting for the perfect kiss. You don't have to be afraid. Like I, it's it's you can do this. And the, how she ends it, the very last line, you're on your own kid. You always have been. Um, I think it's just. I don't know why she wrote that. I did see an interview yesterday with Jack Antonoff in Vulture Magazine where he said that when this song was done, it was like a gut punch for him. Mm-hmm. And I think like watching her perform this again, like in the Eras movie. Um, and I think there's reasons she performed it I think, three, four times already as a surprise yeah. song just in the US flag. Um, I think it's just that reminder that like, you've always been enough. Like right. no matter what you were going through or what was happening, you've always been enough. Yeah. Um, I love this song so it's much.
1: Such an important lesson to learn, I, and just the way that she can put that into words that no one else could. And it's okay. Yeah. Doesn't have yeah. to. Do that. It's okay. Yeah, that's such. I a think
0: it's a good reminder too, though, just because of like what we said about she is at that that peak. Um, like she still knows at the end of the day, like she's got this, just yep. her, without all the accolades and the entourage and all that. Like
1: she's got this. So yeah. Um, number five. Number five. So my number five is you need to calm down on the lover album. This one I is do. so fun. Is it your I number really one? Did. I didn't realize we've. Had that one too. I did so yeah. actually, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. For me, this is just one of my favorite ones. A to just belt out. Uh, oh, yeah. You know when you've kind of got that like talking to somebody and you're like just chill for a minute. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, it's reminiscent kind of of who I've become now as an adult. You know, us having similar upbringings and especially in my 20s, we were supposed to be this picture perfect cookie cutter person um, and people's opinions of us. It mattered what they thought was going on, what we looked like, Um, and it highly affected me and the words that I chose to say, you know, the college that I went to, it all mattered to me what that perception was. And so now coming out on the other side and realizing like, no, I'm good. Like, it does not matter what your perception of me is, as long as I'm good with who I've become. Um, There's a section of the song that says, I ain't trying to mess with your self-expression, but I've learned the lesson that stressing and obsessing about somebody else is no fun. What you do in your world does not have to affect my world. And I don't have to stress about it. And we can all yeah. calm down. So if you're coming at me with, why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Why are you raising your kids? Whatever it is, you're mm-hmm. going to calm down because this doesn't affect you. And I've made the best choice for me. So it's just kind of one of those really good reminders that like other people's opinion of you does not have to matter. It does not have to change my day yeah. to day. It doesn't have to change what I think of myself. Um, so it's just kind of one of those fun things that where we know those things, but then to have it put into words and especially in such a fun upbeat way, um, just makes it more relatable and fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a really fun one that she does on the Air Store too. But mm-hmm. um I love that part about the I've learned the lesson that stress and obsessing about somebody else with no fun. That's such a good reminder because how many years have I wasted in the past right. worrying about all of that? I also like the next part when she says, "And snakes and stones never broke my bones," um, yeah. and obviously that like makes me think of reputation. But I think it's a good reminder that like the whole world can throw everything at you, and it's it's not yeah. going to be what takes you down. Right. But I also love the part where um, <laughs> there's several parts that tie together, and um, the part in the beginning when she says, "But you say it in a tweet—that's a cop out." I love I was- that part because. There are so many like keyboard warriors out there that it just makes me insane. It has to make her insane because of the right. things confidence
1: and but, that they have behind a keyboard is
0: wild. Yes. <laughs> so crazy to me, but I love that later on, she says, um, the part about you're somebody that we don't even know, Yeah. but you're coming at my friends like a missile. And, you know, I have friends that are in the public light, I guess. And a lot of times when I get on Twitter and I read things about them, it makes me so mad and I want to like respond to all of them. And I'm not gonna lie, I do respond to a lot of them. Um and and I'll be honest, some of my friends will text me and be like, Hey, somebody said this about our friend, they'll respond because they know I will. Yeah. Um, so I'm not above it, but um, I do I do love that part. And then um the part about Shay never made anybody less gay. I love that part. Love it. Less gay. Yeah. I love that part because it's just a good reminder that you can all the crap you want about someone, you can judge them, you can tweet about them, you can do all of those things. It's not going to change who they are, right? And it like it shouldn't have any bearing. So the part that I have to always, every time I sing this part, when she's singing the "uh inc- control your urges to scream about all the people you hate," that's so me because there are so many times I just want to unleash on people, and then I'm like, okay, let's calm. You need to calm down. Yep. <laughs> um, But yeah. It's, um, that's yes, one of my favorites. It's so fun when she performs it.
1: Yeah. I like um, it. Number, oh, number four. So, number four for me, I had put Auntie Hero off of her Midnight's album. I mm-hmm. love this song. For me, it's me to a T, to a T, because I worry about anything and everything. Um, my husband always knows I have a plan for when plan A, B, C, and D have failed we've got another plan in place. Like I'm prepared for worst case scenario. <laughs> um, yeah. It just, I'll be up in the middle of the night worried about things that don't need to be worried about, but if no one else worries about them, then what's going to happen when it happens. So I need to go ahead and worry about this. <laughs> yep. So I just, yep. you know, she has mentioned about this song kind of struggling with that idea of her life and becoming unmanageably sized. Um, and just kind of the song being a guided tour of the things that she hates about herself. And it's one of those things where I look back and I'm, you know, constantly saying, don't worry about this. If this falls through, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world, but I am going to worry about it. Um, because I constantly think everyone's learning something faster than I am. I need to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to yeah. be there. Um, and it's just, it's not the case Her opening line alignment says I have this thing where I get older, but just never wiser, which I told you before, like that is one of my biggest fears is that i keep going through life and i'm not learning the lessons that i should have learned even if i was never in the situation i feel like i should still learn these things um and so it's one of those things that i'm constantly worried about myself just never getting wise enough in parenting in my job in life or whatever that case may be um and so but it's just kind of a fun one to kind of go back and just reminisce and see Yeah. you don't have the, you know, hate all of these things about yourself because everybody's thinking that we're all kind yeah. of in the same boat thinking that we're not getting to where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, when she put, I should not be left to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. That is me. I am going to panic and I'm going to put us <laughs> in crisis real fast. It's going to be fine. It's going to come, but I need to get that out first. Um, yeah. So that's what I always like. It's me. I'm the problem yeah i
0: uh you know that i have mixed feelings about this song um and it's because of the video the size differential stuff freaks me out um but i do actually have on my laptop i have a sticker that says that uh, it's me hi i'm the problem with me.
1: um so
0: it's funny because yeah it's my husband if i'm like having a panic attack or anxiety about something. Like, you know, it's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Yes, I get that, but I need to flip out first and then calm down. Like, there's an order to my madness. You need to let this play out. Um, but yeah. Um, so mine is like polar opposite again of this. Um, and this is actually not from one of her, um, I guess you would say personal albums. Um, this is the song Safe and Sound from the Hunger Games soundtrack, um, from the original Hunger Games she wrote and recorded this song with the civil wars which can i just say is a group that i really wish had never split up um no. they was so good and i know that they're not together anymore as a couple but man they made good music right. together That's and beautiful. i love
1: that click musically together
0: <laughs> yeah and i love that when she reads she did re-record this song that they actually even though they're not married anymore they came together to re-record it because they knew it was an important song yeah um again hundred million things that this song could be about. I love the Hunger Games, the books and the movies. And so I know like the moments in the movie that it's about. But for me, I actually think of my son with this song, Um, especially the parts about, um, let's see. Just close your eyes. The sun is going down. You'll be all right. No one can hurt you now. Come morning light, you and I will be safe and sound. And I think our son has trouble sleeping at night. He wakes up and freaks out. He comes to get me. And so there's part of me that gets super annoyed by that. And I'm very tired a lot because of it. (laughs) Because I don't just fall back asleep easily, as you know, because I'll send you TikToks at like three in (laughs) the But um but I love that song. I love that part because it reminds me that for him, I am that safety at this time in his life. And um so that's really special. And the part about don't you dare look out your window, darling, everything's on fire. The war outside our door keeps raging on. Hold on to this lullaby, even when the music's gone. I think the lullaby makes me think of him anyway, but um, yeah. I think it's such a good reminder as a parent that we are that safety for them, especially at this age. My son just turned eight on Saturday. And so we we are the reassurance to them. and even though you and I are, we can panic about things, like for them, we have to be the safety and the sound part of their life. Um, And I think it's such a good reminder that no matter what's happening outside of our home, Mm -hmm. in our nuclear family, we are safe. And we always will be. It's fine. Um, And so I just love that. This song is actually my husband's favorite song of Taylor's, which made me start re-listening to it it was one that like i heard it in the movie but it's not being on her albums i just didn't really listen to but because he loves it so much and he has said before that like in his moments of anxiety and panic that this song can really calm him and yeah. so i've started listening to it a lot more and i just love it so much
1: it's such a good one and i i had heard it but it was kind of one of those i heard it on the radio and yeah. then didn't think anything of it and then i saw it on your list and i went back and listen a few more times and it, you're right. It is so good. And it's one of those where it just, it can kind of bring you to that place of peace a little bit where mm-hmm. everything is fine. I don't need to, I don't have to figure out the world right now. I just have to get yeah. me good. So yeah, that's such a good one. Yeah.
0: Um, Number three.
1: So number three for me was Maroon off of the Midnights. That's a good one. I love Maroon. I think I love it so much because with her play on words, with taking Mm -hmm. the word Maroon and then what you can kind of take from it to Mm -hmm. portray it to be anything. So for me, it kind of, I know the song, when you look at all of the words and all the verses, it kind of leans more towards like an ex-lover type situation. Um, but for mm-hmm. me, it reminds me of relationship with my parents back right after college and just kind of that was a huge turning point in our relationship um, where I love the line where she says the rust that grew between telephones, the lip I lips I used to call home. So scarlet, it was maroon. for me, the maroon just means like that was something that was so great and so wonderful and so pure and perfect mm-hmm. when this dark and hard kind of came in now it's a little bit darker now it's that maroon color because the relationship isn't the same doesn't always have to be a bad thing um yeah. but it could be i mean there's some bad that came in there um when the silence came we were shaking blind and hazy how the hell did we lose sight of us again for me it was more of like a how is this relationship not what i thought it was yeah. um, this isn't the the parent child relationship that I thought we were supposed to have at this point, this isn't how I played this out in my head. So we used to talk all the time. We used to have all of these good things and now this piece has come in and now it's a little bit darker and now I'm starting to kind of protect myself a little bit more. Um, This is just because it takes me back to that time in my life, which for me, I feel was such a turning point and who I became as a person Um, Mm -hmm. and her song, but just how she uses words to draw out a situation it's yeah i absolutely love that um especially having like my background in english um the way that she can just kind of do her lyrics to draw a picture of a situation of a person of a moment in time um it's mm-hmm. just phenomenal.
0: I love that song it's not on my top 10 because we were forced to only have 10 um, but <laughs> We've talked about it, too, just in making the top 10. There's so many of her songs that, like, I would add to the list. Mm -hmm. um, But because we do try to focus, like, on the why of things, it's one I have a harder time, I guess, pinpointing my why. But that's a really good one in a situation that I have been through, even recently, too. Um, But I think it's just one of those ones. There's so many of her songs that I just love to sing. Um, there's again... this is one that she did as a surprise song multiple times. And so I'm so excited to one day find out why that was. Um, but it's also a weird thing about the song Maroon. Like it was on Midnight, which just came out last year. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it was a song that was on a different album. I don't know. I don't know if that even makes sense. But like,
1: I don't know. I guess it's something. It's the vibe that. of some of her other ones.
0: Yeah. I yes. love that song though. Yeah. Um, my number three is Long Live um, from Speak Now, Taylor's version. Um, this was added to the Eras tour oh, this actually after. I, so I saw it first in Minneapolis and it was not on the set list um, because she had not re-released yet. Then she did. So then when we saw her in L.A., it was. And, oh, my gosh. I, I think you and I've talked about this. I don't know that I have ever heard the song Long Live and not cried. I cried um, every time. I don't know why in guilt, in person <laughs> my husband could tell you, like, I think he may even have a video. Like it's an ugly cry. And I'm not a crier, but yeah, I, you know, obviously she has said before that this song is kind of like a love letter to her fans. And um mm-hmm. I can totally see all that. But for me, like this makes me think of like my core group of friends from college. Mm-hmm. We, I also went to a small private Christian college and, we just have a group of friends, there's uh, nine of us, that I think the depth of our relationships is so much more than a lot of people get from college friendships, just because of probably like because of a small school. I don't know, just a lot of things. But we have a relationship that I, I, many people have told us, like, I can't believe y'all are still this close. Like it's, We literally do everyday life together still, and we live kind of all over. Um, but we have a text chain, like we're constantly texting. There's like literally nothing going on in any one of those nine people's lives that the other eight don't already know about. And like that we walk through together. Um, So I actually think of like our group of friends, um, the whole long of the walls we crash through. Um, But I actually, the part um, I love the most is um, the part about fighting dragons with you. Like long live all the mountains we moved. I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you. Um I think for me that's just like we have literally been through everything together, like losing yeah. parents, parents being sick, breakups, marriage issues, divorces, losing babies, like all kinds of things. Um, but then the bridge, because of course you can't have right. you can't have a Taylor Song without a power bridge, but the hold on to spinning around, confetti falls to the ground, maybe memories break our fall. Um, like promise me this you'll stand by me forever. Um, and then if you have children someday when they point to the pictures, please tell them my name. That's always when I cry when so, but I think like that's totally like my group of friends, all of our kids like call the other like aunt, whatever. Um, like one of them is the pediatrician to so almost all the kids. And so like all of our kids like with Judd just turning eight on Saturday, I was looking through all these pictures to make my, of course, social media posts. And like, I have a picture of my best friend's little girl. Who's now 10, like holding baby Judd. And it's just, and they're like, yeah, they're just retreated together this year, you know, and they're like big yeah. and tall. And it's just, I just love it. I love that, that group of people. And I'm so thankful for what we have. And I, I do hold on to that because I know it's not the same experience for a lot of people. Right. Thank um, God. It's just the best when she yeah.
1: performs it. Don't you get me every single time? Every <laughs> time. And uh, I think this is, if you're playing dragons you, instant. If I've not already cried to that point, okay. <laughs> that's going to get me.
0: One of my friends knows one of the people in that group, so she bought me the Speak Now sweatshirt one that she re released that has like a dragon scene on it, and it says the uh-huh. part because it's just it gets me every time. I cannot yep. function. So good. Um, okay, number two. Okay,
1: listen, my number two, my number one, I kept flip flopping them. <laughs> I okay. just decide. Those
0: two crazy. were the only two I was solid on. So
1: <laughs> mine, I kept. I was like, no, this it was it was the hardest thing I did all week. <laughs> Yeah, But yeah. I did Eyes Open, Taylor's version yeah. off of the Hunger Games movie. I had not heard this until probably a week ago. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know how I missed this, but I had not heard it. And I was looking through some of her stuff and it came on and I was like, oh, my gosh. Just mm-hmm. going into the words, I absolutely loved this song. To me, um, it was kind of, it made me think back to when I started to have my own voice and I started mm-hmm. to use it. And the perception around me of what I should say and what I should do was different than what I was saying and what I was doing. Um, and I was proud of myself in those moments, but then everyone around me that I loved was not proud of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so you just felt like you were, I was under attack constantly. Um, like this rage inside of me where I was like, I'm not going to fail just because you say I am. Um, The line, so here you are two steps ahead and staying on guard. Every lesson forms a new scar. It was, I'm constantly running into another thing that's hurting me and causing some cut um, in a relationship Mm -hmm. and a thought process, but leaving that new scar. Um, They never thought I'd make it this far, but turn around. Oh, they've surrounded you. It's a showdown and nobody comes to save you, but you've got something they don't to me it was just because that's such an important moment in my life that I constantly look back on and I'm like look at what you were but look how you proved them all wrong and then they all came back and apologized after the fact Um, it's just one of those songs that to my core that was a moment that made me who I am Um, and so to have somebody kind of put words to what my feelings were at that time um, it's just, it's kind of important for me to have that just because music was a huge part of my life growing up. And so mm-hmm. now I use it as a huge part of my life to express myself in some way. Like it, you know, speaks to me in some way, it calms me, it, you know, lifts my mood or whatever that is. But eyes open is just such a good one for, you know, yeah. it's, I am always on alert, but I'm not going to fail. You're not going to catch me.
0: Yeah. That's one. Um, I love that one too. Um, that is one is somebody who has really struggled with anxiety and panic attacks for like, what seems like forever, like 15 or so years. Um, That one really can calm me quickly. Um, Like the parts about like dreaming dreams with happy endings, but then also like um, when she says like, keep your feet ready, your heartbeat steady, keep your aim locked. The night goes dark. It's like, it walks me through it. Like, because I'm one of those people, like when I first started having panic attacks, you know, you go to therapy and they're like, "You need to count, and do this, and you know, think of this and do other." I'm not good at that. Like I suck at therapy. Like I'm not, I'm not good at it. My mom is a therapist, and so I think it's just like in me to like buck the system,
1: right? But
0: like meditating and all of that has never worked for me. Yeah. But that song, just like, keep your eyes open, keep your feet ready, like just the. The bump, bump, bump of it, right. I think, like, can really get me off a ledge. So I love that one.
1: It's one of those things where the hits are going to come. You're going to be oh, yeah. there at some point. Um, but just stay ready. Just be who you are at the core and be consistent with that. And you're going to get them every time. Yeah.
0: Um, My number two is also one of the surprise songs that I got Um, in Minneapolis. I feel like both nights that I went to the Ayers tour were kind of iconic. The Minneapolis night, I got my number two, which is daylight. Um, But we also got Dear John, um, where she made the big speech about what happened in her when she was 19 is not important now. Um, Whatever she might be referencing there. (laughs) Um, But so that was iconic. And then being at night six in L.A. when she announced 1989 was obviously like a mind-blowing moment. But
1: yeah. Um, number two
0: for me was Daylight, um, and this is one that this is from Lover again. Who knew? But um, sure. this is one when like Lover came out, and just like listening to the album, it wasn't a skip for me. But it wasn't like, oh, I love that song. But yes. I think so. When we went to Minneapolis to the eras tour, it um, was the beginning of the summer, like end of May, early June, and I had not been able to go to a concert. In over a decade, because of my anxiety, because of the noise and overstimulation, and so then there was just something in me that like I had to go to the air tour and my husband spent an exorbitant amount of money on tickets for us that I still to this day cannot think about. But it was a gift to me because I had finished writing you my book. <laughs> <laughs> just let that slide. Um, but we went to Minneapolis, and I had these like I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I hope I can do this. But literally, like the moment we walked in there, we had four seats, and there were thousands and thousands of people, and it, I was totally at peace. That's just like a Taylor concert for you. But she played "Daylight" as a surprise song, and we were right by where the piano was. Um, and I think for me, it's like I I started hearing it for the first time, really
1: mm-hmm.
0: being there with my husband that had done this for me. Taking me to this. I mean, if he didn't want to go to the air store. Now, don't let him lie to you now though, he is a swifty now. Okay. So. Um, but there's so many parts of that song that just remind me, like she says multiple times in there, I've been sleeping so long at a 20-year dark night, and now I see daylight. I only see daylight. And that, that reminds me of like all the relationships I had before my husband, um, one kind of longer term, and then all of that was like whatever it was, right? And now it's like, it's not, I'm not saying it's, you know, roses and butterflies every day for sure, but it is like the daylight has come. Um, and then I also think, again, hearkening back to how we were raised, there's a part that's like, I once believed love would be black and white, but it's golden. And I think that for me, that is so poignant because of how we were raised. We thought that relationships and marriages and all this was supposed to look a certain way. And we married a certain type of person. And I sort of, like, bucked all of that tradition, especially being from the South, um, marrying an African-American man, which is a whole other thing.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But it, it wasn't so cut and dry that that was right or wrong or that, you know, his past, my past, all those things, it's not black and white. It wasn't how we were raised to think, you know, but it's so much better. Like, yeah. I think now if I had stuck to, like, the picture I had in my head of what it was supposed to be, eh. You know, but like because of just doing what I wanted to do, finding that daylight, it is golden. It's so much better. Yeah. Um, and then I think to the very last line. There's something I just realized. This. There's something about the last line of her songs. We need to do a deep dive on this. <laughs> Our side. Oh. Yeah. But the last line of this song is "You are what you love," and if you listen to "Daylight," too, she has that voice memo. Where she talks about how she wants to be remembered yeah. for the things that she loved and not whatever, um, which almost seems like it would be different than the meaning of the song. Um, yeah, but for me, because I I really draw from my relationship with my husband and how it's so different than what I thought life would be or look like. But you are what you love. Like you can't help what you love or who you love, what color they are, what sex they are. Like all of that. Like you are that. And so it's just a part of who you are. Um, and when she says, I want to be defined by the things that I love, not the things I hate, not the things that I'm afraid of, or the things that haunt me in the middle of the night. Again, it's not all these things that we thought it would be. It's totally yeah. different. Yeah. Um, and I just love it so much. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right. All right number one. This for me, is, I bet yours was like, yours was probably an anxiety riddle. This for me has been number one for. I knew this was going to be the number
1: one I picked.
0: (laughs) It's just forever for me. I am surprised by your choice, though. So let's go ahead and hear it. So mine yeah.
1: Paper rings from the Lover album. This, to me, is me and my husband to a T. Um, Mm -hmm. So we went to college together. Um, I was dating somebody in his dorm. He was engaged to somebody in my education program. Um, so we knew each other. We kind of, we hung in the same friend circles. Um, again, it was a small college. There was nothing to do in town except Walmart and Taco Bell. So literally on the weekends you spent time together. Um, and so he was always somebody that I hung out with, but we were just friends and literally neither of us ever thought anything more than that. And then we get to, um, a moment where I had broken up with my boyfriend, his engagement had ended Um, and I reached out to him to like check on him or something. And in that instant, my roommate was sitting in my dorm with me. And immediately, as soon as I saw it, it was back in Facebook when, you know, the statuses were a big thing, complicated, you know, (laughs) and like that night it popped up his name and single. And I looked at my roommate and I said, now I can marry him. And we were both shocked because I didn't know I had those feelings for him. Obviously we talked about that before. So there's a line in the song I hate accidents, except when we went from friends to this. I'm such a planner; yeah. that was nothing I had ever planned out. He was not the type of person, yeah. or the person that I ever thought I was going to marry. But in that instant, I would have married him with no ring, with you know, no plan for yeah. the future. Um, and it's yeah. just kind of that, like it takes me to back to that moment of being, you know, just in this happy little delusional world of like we get to be together and this gets to be forever. Um, so it's just kind of one of those, it was our happiest moments. We didn't have anything when we got married. So having any yeah. kind of ring was a big thing. Um, yeah. But towards yeah. the end of the song where it says, um, I want to drive away with you. I want your complications too. I want your dreary Mondays. To me, that was that's such a big thing in a relationship because I want to be the one that's there when times are hard for you. I want to yeah. be the one that you need um, and that you run to because I'm your safe place and I'm your calming point. Um, so it's just one of those that just, it is our relationship and I'm obsessed with that man. And so that one just kind of struck me, just the wordings that she yeah. uses. It's
0: funny that that one was, so we went to Minneapolis night two, night one, that was one of the surprise songs. And I remember we were driving to Minneapolis and I told my husband, I was like, dang it, she did paper rings. I love hearing that song. That's funny that it's like, that. <laughs> Um, this is a good one. Um, okay, so my number one has always been my number one. Um,
1: yeah, I'm interested to hear your reasoning cuz I know that this one's okay. important to you, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is like this is my life song, I think. Um, so it's the song Clean from the 1989. Now I can thankfully say Taylor's version. Um, I had so much guilt for years listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's always my number one stream song because I yeah. really listen to it. It probably at least three to four times a week. Oh wow! I felt so guilty. So now you're welcome, Taylor, for those streams. Um, and I will never listen to the solo one again. So there you go. This was on the 1989 album that came out in 2014. And in 2014, I, so I was not a Swifty from the beginning. Um, I was not a debut person. I, in fact. To be honest, the debut album, I didn't like because I didn't like her voice back then.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: which is totally different than her voice now. But also being, I guess, about six years older than her almost, um, I was sort of annoyed that at 16, she would have such like thoughtful lyrics about love. And I was like, what does she know about love? You know. Um, little did I know she was just like an old soul. But yeah. yeah. Um, so I wasn't like an original fan. Um, and then the 1989 album came out and it had all those hits that everyone fell in love with, you know, Blank Face, Shake It Off, all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was about five years into my whole like journey with anxiety and panic attacks when this song came out. And again, we won't speculate why she wrote this song, but, um, I'm sure it probably has a lot of meanings for other people about like relationships. It doesn't for me at all. Well, it has a meaning about a relationship with anxiety for me. So when I first heard this song, um, 2014, um, was actually the year Aaron and I got married and, um, like, at like even at our wedding anxiety, like had a role in our wedding. Like we were getting married at this like historical home and it was like supposed to be in a courtyard in front of everyone that was invited. And I had a panic attack right before our wedding started. And so I went to my matron of honor, um, my best friend, Megan, and I was like, I can't do this. And she was like, do you mean you can't marry him or the situation? Do we need to leave? And I was like, no, I want to marry him, but I can't do this in front of everyone. And she's like, "Okay, so we're having anxiety. I'm like, yes. So we ended up going into like the um like the living room of this historical home, uh-huh. just the wedding party and our parents uh-huh. and did the ceremony fire super fast, oh, wow. less than probably five minutes. And then like we went out to the courtyard and there were some people there that were like pissed that they missed it. And I was like, y'all need to calm down for real. Right. Um but that's like just how much of a role it had in my life. And it was around that time that I heard this song. And at the time when I heard this song, um, there were the lines like hung my head as I lost the war and the sky turned black like a perfect storm. That's just how I felt. And the the whole point of like rain came pouring down when I was drowning. um, That's when I could finally breathe. The water filled my lungs. I screamed so loud, but no one heard a thing. Like it literally was just how I felt in those moments. And it was weird because the part about when I was drowning, that's when I could finally breathe. It was like in that panic attack moment, like I felt like I was drowning. This is the worst it's ever been. But then it's it's about to go away. So I always knew, okay, like I always thought I was about to have a heart attack and die. So I always knew if I was like, okay, it's about to happen. Yeah, I was about to be able to breathe again. And Mm -hmm. so back then, that's what this song meant to me. Um, Flash forward now to almost 10 years later, um, as I mentioned about going to Minneapolis and being able to do that. um, I had the bariatric surgery last December and something like I literally woke up and didn't need anxiety medicine again. Wow. And so it was like a really weird thing. Now I will say as the year has gone on, I do take something again, but it's like a very small amount compared to the fact that I used to take four pills a day and had like something I could take in the middle of a picnic. So yeah. all of that has happened in the past year. And so this song comes out again with Taylor's version. Um, And the parts now that stick out to me 10 months sober, I must admit, just because you're clean, don't mean you don't miss it. 10 months older, I won't give in. Now that I'm clean, I'm never going to risk it. So I know that probably sounds like a weird one to say, like, don't mean you don't miss it. It's not that I miss it in the sense of like, oh, I wish I still had that. It's the thought that I can't miss it because I still like, it's still like, I know that that was my life and a possibility. Um, But the parts now Rain came pouring down when I was drowning. That's when I could finally breathe. And by morning, gone was any trace of you, I think I'm finally fleeing. Hmm. That's when I kept saying to the people around me as the year started um, back at like the beginning of this year. And as this year has gone on, I started flying again, which was something I had stopped doing. And it's just like opened up this whole other part of our lives that was closed off because of my anxiety. And I kept saying to people, I think I'm finally better. Like I'm finally over it. Right. I think I'm finally clean. Um, and not that anxiety makes you dirty or anything like that, but it feels so heavy. And so right. I feel clean, like it's clean, it's cleansed off. And so for me, it was the song that made me fall in love with Taylor's music. But it's also the song that this year, because I wouldn't even say, even though I love the 1989 album and the ones since then, I wouldn't say I was like a Swifty at all until this year. And I think it was like being able to hear clean again, being able to actually go to the heiress tour and that being the first thing that I really did to Mm -hmm. prove to myself that I am finally clean. Yeah. Um, I think is why it's always just going to be like super important to me. Um, And I just love it. So it's always number one.
1: I love how a song can mean one thing to you at some point in life and then you hear it again at a different point and it can take off for me. That is the sign of a lyrical genius to be able yeah, to do sure. like that, to speak to people.
0: But well, I think it. that's how you can have the heiress tour be so successful because yes. people are hearing those songs that they heard when they were younger in a relationship, a different one. Just, it's a whole different, it's a whole yeah. life together. Um, yeah. We both both have some, yeah. We both have some honorable mentions, minor karma and bejeweled from Midnights. Those are so fun when she performs them, but also love the meanings for me. Yeah. Um, but then also have a debut one tied together with a smile uh, because that's, that's how true. I felt for so long. Um, just like keep smiling, you know, um, but I love that. one. And your yeah. honorable mention for- were mine
1: were the man, karma, long live and vigilante shit. Most of them just because they're a lot of fun to sing. Yeah. Vigilante shit, just I will belt that one out every single time. It just kind of gives you that, like, let's go, let's take on the world right now. Um, yep. I honestly, I could have listed so many songs. And oh they, my gosh. Yeah. But like you were saying, I was not really ever a Swifty. And this year was the yeah. first year kind of dove into that world. And there's just so many good songs that you're like, yeah, I heard it, but it didn't mean anything to me at the time. I yeah. didn't have to pay attention to it. Um, yeah. but it, It's just so good. I would love to sit down with her and just pick a handful of songs and be like, you know, what, not necessarily just personal life, but kind of what was your process in that? What did you have to go through to bring to that? Because a lot of the songs aren't written just about her own life. It's about characters that she's made up. It's about people in her life around her, um, lines Mm -hmm. from TV shows. So it would just be interesting to know her why, other people's why that are on the albums with her, um, Mm -hmm. that do some of that. Um, just to kind of because even when you and I pick the same songs, our why behind it is different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah, so different.
0: I think it would be interesting this time next year if we record the same episode again, and if it's still 10. like yeah, pick our <laughs> top ten again. We'll have to remember to do that. But that would be fun because it'll right. be well, different. It'll, oh yeah. Well, and hopefully we'll have new music by the time. I don't know if we'll have TS Eleven, but hopefully we'll have we'll have vault transcripts Something
1: full so. tracks Gosh, surely reputation will be out. Come on, Taylor, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, all
0: right.